number one, California, here we come, right back where we started from. Hustlers, grab your guns, your shadow is a ton, driving down the 101, California, here we come, right back where we started from, California. Welcome to the OCD, bitch, the show where we take an in-depth episode by episode look at the seminal and underrated primetime soap opera the early aughts the oc i am your host for the evening mike gravano and i am hosting without the safety of a net and with me as always to make sure i do not fall right on my rib sauce covered face is ryan all right so what tonight you don't have the safety net that you normally have mm-hmm. what is your normal safety net is it editing Just, is it uh re-recording is it doing things good just a standard like 10 by 10 trapeze artist's net oh literal literal net cool i like to record up in the sky and the acoustics are better i would be remiss if i did not ask at least a question about how your face is covered in it's not just barbecue sauce it's clearly barbecue sauce that was once on a rib yes you can tell there's like grooves in the sauce yeah if it's unribbed barbecue sauce then uh usually it's on my face in some sort of like uh war paint style Mm -hmm. Uh, but no, this is like, it's just a bottom half of your face. It's just covered in smeared rib sauce. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, been craving a lot of ribs. Not been getting out and about to restaurants a lot lately. Uh, there is a farm pretty close by to where I live now. And so I just bought a big bucket of barbecue sauce and then ate the cow alive. <laughs> just started biting, dipping it in sauce and biting. Like Walking Dead style? Yeah, I, I just like poured the bucket on on this cow's ribs and started eating it. If that's Walking Dead style, what's Walking Phoenix style? Walking Phoenix style is to get really, really skinny and then dance around, and then tell everybody a year later it was for a part. <laughs> I still feel like you're leaving a lot of, out about him, but <laughs> probably for the best. Do you do you like your ribs saucy? I do now. When I was a child, I ate as a child, but now that I'm an adult, I put away childish things. Uh, I my family, if we did make ribs, they would leave a few unsauced for me, and I would just eat ribs with salt. Like really? now, I assume a fucking freak. So, like, you would just cover your plate in salt and then roll it, roll the rib around on it, basically, and uh, eat it like a piece of corn. I because this is the OCD. This is the podcast where we uh, barely talk about pop culture, but uh, just reveal horrible, embarrassing <laughs> things about our lives. Wait, should uh, I be embarrassed about that? My dad was famous, well-known across all these towns uh, for only eating unsauced ribs. And everyone thought he was a freak. But as I get older, I'm going in reverse uh, of you, I guess. I like A little bit of sauce it goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think you'll ever go the full salt route? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've been reading a lot about it in Wall Street Journal. Um, and uh, yeah, I just thought it was a trend that was going to be gone soon. I don't ever think I'm going to go that route. We'll see. We'll see if it, it, it. Yeah, I I just hated the the something about the tang or the sweetness. I did not like barbecue sauce as a genre of sauces as a child. So you are unlike Jimmy World, which is all about that sweetness. Yeah. Now we are headbanging for a second while we remember that part. Uh, yeah, it, and I still I I get what you're saying. I don't want it dripping in sauce because I still want to taste like the rib. Right there, there there needs to be some coarse meat rubbing against my tongue. Yeah, I mean, it can't just be saucy. Everyone knows that A1 steak sauce is stupid and gross, and everyone makes fun of your president, not mine. You voted for him, I didn't, for putting ketchup on his well done steaks, which is, mm-hmm. I know it doesn't make the top thousand reasons why he sucks, but it should. It's up there. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, it, 
to put that much sauce on ribs, it's it feels like everybody's saying this is bullshit meat that can't hang on its own, and I disagree. And you're you're somebody who hates sauce in general. When people like sauce, you're like, I like the taste of food. And I do push I, up glasses that don't <laughs> exist. I do have a common comeback that uh, my wife loves um, every time I say it, which is three or four times a day uh, across the course of our marriage. Um, but yeah, sauce is stupid. Sauce is why not just eat the food, guys? The, well, that's stupid. The right amount of sauce brings out the flavors and pairs well, like a fine wine. I actually have never gotten wine in a certain meal help each other out, but I do believe it in sauces. What I do is I will uh, eat all of my fries, sans any dipping sauce, no ketchup, no ranch, no nothing. And then at like three in the morning, I'll come downstairs, crack that ketchup open, and then just, just chug like a motherfucker. Squeeze it right in your mouth and then maybe swish some ranch in too, swirl it all around. And just and, diarrhea. Yeah, and then call it diarrhea. Do you know what we talked about last week, Ryan? Was it different sauces than we mentioned tonight? Yeah, last week was all about that brown mustard and wasabi sauce. Wasabi. Uh, yeah, we talked about the OC. We And I'm sorry. That is I know, confusing. I know we always talk about the OC. We talked about the O space SEA dance, the enchantment under the OC dance that Marissa threw, uh, and how... As big of a deal as it is for everyone on the show, it's like the 12th most important thing that's going on right now. Yes, because at the same time, George Lucas is in town mm-hmm. and is demanding to meet at least one of Seth or Zach the same night of prom, and he will not move, uh, even though I think Atomic County has been out for three days. Uh, so Wildstorm is a much better company in this alternate universe than they are in the real world. Uh, what else is going on? Sandy takes drastic actions with a recovering Kirsten, which just means showing her a pamphlet and saying, please be healthy. Did you say drastic actions or Jurassic actions? Jurassic actions. He sends her to a park somewhere near Puerto Rico. Kirsten. We got Kirsten. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Uh, And Julie, we didn't get to this yet, might decide to murder Caleb. <laughs> so do you see how like a dance may not be that yeah. biggest deal right now? Even the kids are like, I, there's something in the air that this isn't that important. <laughs> but so we talked about most of the kids, most of the prom, uh, the whole first half of the episode. But Ryan, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Julie and Cal are talking. Ryan, <clears throat> Julie and Cal are on the verge of divorce. But this is a newer, better Julie for now, because she doesn't even bring that up. She's trying to make Cal apologize to Kirsten for that bullshit he threw at her the last time they interacted, which was him telling her she is too old to drink and drive, and she's a disgrace to the family. And she screamed at him, if anybody in this family drinks, it's your fault, and I won't die alone. Do you remember the night uh, when you, like at midnight, you were going to turn too old to drink and drive? And we tried to get you out there so bad, but you just wouldn't wake up. You just napped through your last night of drinking driving. Do you come back around? Is there a part where you get just old enough to start it up again, like 80? Oh, I think so. If you've ever met my parents or grandparents, absolutely. They're all 80? That's weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened. Uh, and Cal, because maybe because Julie's on the way out, or maybe just that there's enough history shared, he admits to Julie that uh, he would apologize to Kirsten, but he's too much of a yellow belly coward. He says he just couldn't face her. But, I mean, like, it's big that he would say that to Julie. Like, there's a couple points in this episode where you see how it wasn't just the stupidest, grossest marriage of all time. 
but there may have been a couple of things that they connected on. And yeah, he, he opens up in a, a weird way, and, and she gives him good advice. And this is not her trying to manipulate him. She says, write her a letter, tell her all the things you're too stubborn to say. Uh, and again, just means it. And then is like, hey, why don't we have just like one last hurrah date tomorrow night? It's really hard to figure out Julie throughout this episode, but like in the last episode of the OCD, we talked so much about how Julie's going to maybe try murder. We've already talked about it tonight, but in scenes like this, I don't know. She feels like she is over it, come to terms with everything, and is like moved on. I think she doesn't know. I, I truly think her grieving process dealing with all of this is making her go back and forth between like the most human we've ever seen Julie Cooper and the most soap opera villain we've ever seen Julie Cooper. She contains multitudes. Which is Yeah, that's the <laughs> she the multi she's very nuanced as in uh terrible this way or terrible that way. So we're going to leave them there for now. And flashing over to Ryan and Marissa, they are both sort of apologizing for the way they've been acting to each other. Uh, Ryan j- doesn't understand what Marissa's going through. And so he's like, I'm sorry. I, I guess I fucked up. I'm, I don't know. And she's like, oh, they're, they're both like toad, soft shoeing around it. And he throws off a very casual feel like going to prom. And she is delighted. She is so happy to be going to the OC with him. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, this whole episode sort of shows how, like, I know that they're a bad couple. We always talk about how, despite, like, how iconic they are, they're awful together. But a lot of this episode shows how, like, Marissa sort of knows what it's like to be in an Atwood, specifically Ryan Atwood, relationship at this point. Um, where, you know, if you're not going to prom, you're just like, yeah, that's what happens. I'm dating Ryan. And then now you get to go to prom and you're like, holy fucking shit. My boyfriend wants to take me to prom. It shouldn't be amazing, but it totally is because my boyfriend's Ryan fucking Atwood. Yeah, it should be. That does like highlight, even though he's the paragon of virtue for us, that maybe he's kind of a shitty boy. <laughs> like, uh, while while that is happening, Jess is just in the back room, glaring so fucking hard at them, just furious. She like can like read lips, I guess. She understands what's happening, and so she. You can watch her in the background, like uh, she'll think that Ryan is about to walk away from Marissa, so she'll start to walk towards him. And oh nope, he's not walking yet. So I'm just gonna stand here. False alarm. Oh here, nope, nope, not yet. <laughs> just I re- you, like Jess has to have that perfectly gross, flirty, almost run into each other. Otherwise, she can't talk to other so people. So she shows up at his locker because she's been lurking, uh, and asks him to take her to prom. And he's like, what? No, we haven't talked before, I see, ever. And then you started saying weird shit, and she's like, it doesn't bother you to take your brother's sloppy seconds? And he's just like, what the fuck are you talking about? She introduces herself. She's like, hey, Ryan, this is Jess, girl from the pool. Uh, and then it, you can watch Ryan click on what's going on. Um, and then, yeah, I don't... Jess didn't come in actually wanting a prom date, right? She just wanted to get the conversation to a point where she, she could say yeah, sloppy she seconds. had that written, and she's like, all right, but I need to ease my way into it. I can't just, I can't just show up and start with your brother's sloppy seconds. What, what could I, I? I've already done the pencil thing. He won't fall for that again. We're not in any of the same classes. What could I do? What could I do? What could I do? Prom. See, the way that you're talking about her, like she's good at that stuff. Uh, obviously, it's fucking Jess, the girl from the pool. But if I had had all that conversation in my head before I talked... I would have walked up and then just immediately screamed, Brother Sloppy's last seconds! <laughs> yes. Jeff. And then had to go from there. I wouldn't even run away. <laughs> I would just stand there trying to figure out what to say next. Or just blink and be like, it's in your lap now. <laughs> 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 that was my opening salvo, and now you. 
<laughs> uh, and she reveals that Trey took off for Chino the night before. So when we talked about last episode that Ryan showed up at Trey's, nobody answered the door or answered the phone. And there's a voicemail machine. What do they used to be called? Answering machine. Uh, and it was like, dun, dun, dun. That Trey just, but Chino, the, the, sometimes the show acts like Chino is eight hours away. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's 26 minutes, maybe. <laughs> like, it's not that far. It's eight hours away. And then also, like, um, you have to like buy tickets to get there. Like you have to like it's treacherous border. mountains. Yeah, you have to get through. You just right on up. Uh, so that's what's going on over there. And then flashing back to Zach and Seth. Uh, before Zach had said, we should not decide yet who goes to see George Lucas or who takes summer to prom because then we'll be disappointed. So let's be disappointed right before prom and Lucas dinner. So they flip a coin. And this is, even though this is one of the dumbest plot lines in this episode, this is one of the most dramatic not reveals of the OC. Because they're like, f- slow-mo coin flip and then a commercial break. And we just don't know who is going where. Did we talk about how they named that character George Lucas? No. There's a producer whose name I see at the beginning of every single episode. This is a beginning producer. This is not like Ben Canuti, the end producer that we always see, um, named Lucas George. And so they made up this character? And they made it's up like this character. Hollywood they just flipped that guy's Buck? name around. Is that yeah. just like, do you think he was like sick or they're just like, he's great. Everybody loves him. He's our favorite like first line producer. Let's just throw him a bone. I mean, yeah, there's better. George Lucas is obviously a stupid name that nobody would have. There's got to be better. Yeah, there's got to be better producers where you could have switched him. Uh, like Darcy McGillicuddy. That McGillicuddy Darcy, that is a good that, ass Yeah, because Darcy McGillicuddy, like, what are you from the 40s? But McGillicuddy Darcy, oh, man, you are a power broker. <laughs> You're a, oh, do you own Hollywood? You're a mover and or a shaker. <laughs> uh, maybe they also, like, he was, like, 24. He was young. And they're like, I bet Lucas George will run Hollywood someday. Let's throw him a bone now, and then he'll hire us to make Runaways. They're, all of it was already planned. Uh, so we don't know we that reveal won't happen to like the end of the the show. So we cut back. Uh, it is now nighttime. It is Julian Cow's date night, and she is dressed like the sexiest Flintstone character you have ever seen. My goodness, my my goodness, um, Julie, uh, this actress has got it going on. Um, I cannot believe that that tummy pumped out two daughters sometimes, but typically only one. <laughs> I don't even remember what Marissa's sister's name is. Uh, Thea Queen. Kirsten. Thea, Thea Queen. Uh, Thea! But uh, she looks spectacular. And uh, like we talked about last episode, um, right away is called a slut. Just Caleb sees her. And instead of saying, my God, Julie, your yoga instructor has been doing great. Or my God, Julie, you are a gorgeous woman. He says, oh, pulling out all the stops I see, you trollop. And so when he does that, she sprints back into the bar and starts cutting up them pills that could kill him. <laughs> <laughs> she's like oh no 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 oh no 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 uh let that be a lesson to all those dudes out there who use slut as a punchline to make them feel better after that girls are cutting up pills cut up them pills uh so she makes poison margaritas where i guess there's both pill in the sauce and also as the salt that is some genius <laughs> evil bartending by the way to uh to uh splash your rim with Salt and sleeping pills is pretty good. And then he like is about to sip it like as they're cheersing, and then he's like, "You know what? I'm gonna start with the scotch." And call me like too fancy or too up my own butt, but scotch is like an aperitif. It's like the nightcap. You want to start your night with a poisoned margarita. 
Uh, I totally disagree. I think that scotch is much better for the beginning of the night than a poisoned margarita. But let's let's analyze this scene for a second. Um, I understand that if you're about to drink poison on TV, you have to slowly go like as, drink as dramatically as possible and pause as often as possible. But this one is a little bit different. He he stares at this glass for a solid forty five seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, of just like Julie wetting her pants and then says, oh, you know what? Nobody's ever like, I, I was about to drink this drink, but I have I have to have this other different drink right now instead. It's like he's sort of, Yeah, knows. is it A, just a superpower move by Cal or that he's like, there is still sleeping pill residue all over your fingertips? <laughs> Do you know what drink I start with, Mike, every single night? Antidote. <laughs> the one that you hand me. That's yeah, it. Like I don't need fuck. to make a decision right now because I'm not a rude fuck and I have a problem. <laughs> uh, we do have to take a break. When we come back, Ryan confronts Trey in that one pool hall Chino has. Ryan. Ryan goes to Chino and he goes to the first place you always look for Trey. If it's not prison, it's the one pool hall that Trey hangs out in because I don't think they charge him there. Uh, and Ryan jumps in pretty immediately. He's like, what did you do? And Trey says, why do you always assume it's my fault? And Ryan, being smart for the first time in episodes, goes, because it always is. We uh, There's another conversation that Ryan's going to have in this episode of The O.C. that really sends it home about, like, yes, it's always Trey's fault. But before we get to that part, um, yeah, it's always your fault. Can we talk real quick about... I don't know if this is a TV thing or a real life thing, but why these motherfuckers love pool so much? It's just it's a pretty fun game and I you know, like I think it's okay, but I think that it's hard to show people just at a bar drinking at yes. a table like 98% of most people do. So it's just people playing pool for hours, hours. and hours every I, night. I think it's it's that it, movement happens and now pool adds a competition so it's not just a conversation we're watching in the back of her head there's chants and fighting each other uh and it's the same reason i mean caleb pitt uh eats all of the time you got to do something right it's something to do with your hands it's why um it sucks so much when they told actors that they couldn't smoke on screen anymore it's like well what the fuck am i gonna do with my hands um and i understand that this show has a special affinity for it Uh, at one point uh ryan and cal played a game of pool for the love of Lindsay. So I totally forgot this, about this show loves high stakes pool. But yeah, I just I as far as bars go, I can't remember ever like after one game of pool thinking anything other than like, so are we done then? Well, like can we just not do that two tonight? There's kinds of people at bars. So there's, there's more kinds of people than that, but for this argument, uh there's people who kind of want to play and then there's the people who won't get off that table for eight hours. Like, so uh-huh. you never actually play. And this is the thing that you also see at like uh, pickup basketball, mm-hmm. like outdoor basketball courts, is that uh, half the courts are just people like chucking ugly shots. And then the other half are just like borderline professional yeah. basketball players playing as hard as they can. I don't know your name because I don't follow the game, but I know. <laughs> Uh, so what Trey says in the middle of their pool game is that, and he looks like I, I didn't want to, I don't want to hurt you. Like I don't want to do this. Uh, that Marissa threw herself at him, and Ryan, uh, again, smart the first time in weeks, goes, "There is no way, <laughs> there is no way." And then Trey swears on their mom, 
and says, yes. I wouldn't lie to you. Not about this. Why you were, you piece of shit. Okay, so, I mean, we obviously have a little bit of dramatic irony going on here, right? You know, uh, Ryan says straight up to Trey, I don't believe you. And I'm like, yes, yes. Okay, Ryan, you finally understand that your brother is a piece of shit. And then he sits there and he pauses and he's like, do you promise? And Trey's like, uh, okay, first of all, Ryan, come on, dude. And then Trey says, I swear to mom. You know, you you could just say that about anything. And they're just words. Hey, Mike, did I tell you, by the way, I have had sex with Jeff Goldblum. What? I don't believe you. Yeah. Oh, I swear on both of our moms. Yeah. Now you just have to believe me. Does it come from like superstitious? Is it some like stupid Irish mix shit where like if you are lying, they will now break their backs? (laughs) (laughs) As if you stepped on so many cracks. I, I also too thought that it was... Uh, typically done on graves, like I swear right. on the grave of our mother. But I think that both of these guys could reasonably assume that their mother is dead as shit. Maybe never will again. So yeah, she's at least dead to them. Their their mom's one of the few people who uh, like gets drunk and causes a car accident, and then she's the one that dies. <laughs> typically, it's the uh, innocent sober the, people. Innocent, the innocent people are just like I actually feel healthier than before. Somehow. <laughs> Did I get part of her life force? This is weird. I do want to drink and to forget my kid for a while. Uh, so Ryan, even though he just believed uh, Marissa over Trey, calls Marissa and says he's not feeling very well, so he won't make it to prom. He can't even face her. And again, we already talked about this, but again, Marissa is like, yeah, no. Again, I know I'm dating Ryan Atwood. Totally expected this call. Totally fine. She talks to Summer later in the episode, and uh, to Summer, she's like, yeah, you know. <laughs> Ryan's going to Ryan. Uh, <laughs> wait, that's an award. Uh, so on the way out, because Chino is also only like a four-block radius, he runs into Teresa. She's just walking by the pool hall. Uh, and is instantly like, he doesn't even have to tell her everything. She's just like, don't believe Trey. What, what's going on? Why are you in town? Teresa is carrying a bag of groceries that does not have... A loaf of French bread sticking out of the top. Therefore, I am to believe that it is not groceries, Mike. Is it more likely blocks of like bricks of heroin or C4? Half and half. <laughs> Just a, a bag of cinder blocks she's that she's carrying around as if it was a bag she, of groceries. Like, All right, my arms have been shaking carrying that baby, so I need to work out. So I'm just going to do a few laps with these cinder blocks. He offers to help her, and she's like, no, because you can't. Because you think that you do enough push-ups in your room, but there's no way you can carry the 30 cinder blocks I have in this bag. Chino, baby. Uh, And then Teresa Wisdom is, she just, she's like, your brother's a dirtbag. He's always been a dirtbag. He'll always be a dirtbag. Marissa is amazing. Uh, She was my competitor for your loins, and I still think she's amazing. Talk to her. Make this right. Yeah. um, Yeah. Like, it brings you back to all of the shit that Marissa and Teresa went through. Two characters that you would think, you know past each other in the hallway during one scene but just for some reason constantly proved yeah. loyalty to each other for weeks and weeks and weeks they were a great pairing and i miss him and like it sort of like it sort of shows that like Teresa's sort of the only one that knows about marissa because everybody else treats her like a helpless yeah. baby that they need to save you know they need to swing in on a vine and get her to rehab as soon as possible but Teresa uh only saw her as this person who she didn't need to take care of and always had her back. Ryan should think of her in the same yes, way. But he's an idiot. Uh, and then Teresa says, no, you cannot say hello to my mother who helped raise you and you haven't seen in forever. 
because she walks in and her mom is just there with the kid we all forgot about. And I'm sure that will was come this up a- later in the maybe next season. Yeah, was this uh did you see this one coming? Did you OC this one yeah. coming? I mean, the minute Teresa's there, I was like, that's crazy. I guess he's in Chino. And then when she was squirrely, I was like, oh, there's a kid in there. And then there was a kid and it looked like Ryan. The, like, the OC loves planting these seeds and then having them pop up. This is definitely a seed where uh, Ryan Atwood is a motherfucking father of a child. And they really do so. They, uh, they, there's, I think it pops up one more time in the course of the four it's seasons. It's like the slowest burn and they've that ever is done. It. So he is a senior in high school. No, junior tops. He's a junior in high school, and he's got a if they're child. All the same age. He's a sophomore. They were all born on the same day, like my grandparents and parents. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Uh, getting to the dumbest plot line, uh, a limo pulls up in front of Summer's house, and the door opens up, and it is Zach. And he didn't know what magenta was, so he got her a white corsage. Strike one, Zachy boy. I mean, okay, so I am the worst about color. Like, I do not understand color. I do know what magenta is. Um, so that means that Zach is stupider than me. But on the flip side, he did know that when in doubt, go yeah. white. <laughs> color, as, like, for flower. Like, just as far as flowers go, when in doubt, go white. Yes. Uh, he was smart enough to do that. I'm sure his shitbag mom told him to do that. Uh and then she's like, I was hoping it would be you. And then we flash over to a fancy restaurant and some old dude is there, George Lucas. Yes, uh, based on Lucas George. And Reed looks embarrassed with how Seth is being Seth. Uh, and Seth asks him how he came up with the lightsaber. And Reed is just like, I'm sure he doesn't have time to answer that question. It What? It's going to be 30 seconds tops, Reed. What? She sucks. Are we the kind... Co- <laughs> Yeah, I know. He seems yeah. into it. He's like, oh, yeah, prom? Wait, do oh, you mean that's like what she, she prom? lightsabers, and Seth, he's like, okay, I'll go smaller. Did you go to your prom? And she, she wants to interrupt again and be like, you cannot do this. And George tells this long story about how he regrets not going. I felt very sad and very alone. <laughs> Are we the kind of show that uh, can sort of talk about George Lucas's appearance in this episode? Like, that it's crazy he appeared in it, or his physical being? His physical appearance. Are we allowed to yeah, do that? To, as long as it's not shaming women, we're allowed to do whatever we want to older white men who rule Hollywood. Okay. So we're allowed to say that he looks like uh, when Luke pulled the helmet off of Darth Vader? <laughs> or how he it's basically Boba Fett's body with uh, Jabba the Hutt as the head? That's how he walks around in life? His... His head is, I guess, sort of normal. His neck is crazy. Like just the biggest thing in the world? Yeah. I don't understand how it works. Can he, How much can he swallow at one I think time? It's that, this is why nobody buttons shirts anymore, because people used to just get shirts that fit their torso but never their neck and be like, well, I got to button that top button. And it was just like a neck cor- corset. It's like when a cartoon character chokes another cartoon character and like all of their mm-hmm. body... Like their body becomes thin because it all comes up to the top of yeah, their you're head. About to That's what he looks like all of the time. Side of George at the top of his nog. <laughs> if at one point the back of his head just blew <laughs> out because of all the pressure up top, would you be and surprised? It's just all agricultural deals and trade war. That's all that's filled in his head. So Reed is awful, but almost like just there to cause uh, I don't know some sort of like uh, 
I don't know, antics or concern where there doesn't need to be. Um, George Lucas is doing a really bad job throughout this dinner. He is not a good actor. I would say he's a slightly better actor than he is a director. But I do have to say that I think a lot of it is the script spot. Like, they did not know. Maybe he improvised all of his lines, which I would not let that happen. But he says things like, um, Seth will say, like, you know, uh, did you go to your prom? And he'll say things like, when I was directing my film, American Graffiti, I thought about the prom a lot. That's not good dialogue. Like, they are not hooking him up with his performance. They should have... Gone to the woodshed a few more times. Made, made, if, you, if you're having like a, a world-famous producer come in, maybe try harder on his lines, not less. Why not let producer Lucas George write his own lines? Like, oh, Misa missed the prama. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, no, that's no, offensive. No, no. Uh, so Reed starts texting Zach. Like, nope, you guys made the wrong choice. Please get here. You're the pretty one. You know how to talk to George Lucas probably. Uh, and, and Summer's like, dude. If you had to talk yourself into being here, just don't be here. Uh, and just everybody is saying the wrong person is at prom. Summer and Zach both realize that Summer wanted Seth to be there, and Zach is the business guy. So why would you, why would you do this? Which is the problem with the coin flip, and the problem with leaving it right for the last minute because they both want to do both things, but then after the coin flip, they both would have said uh, best two out of three. And that sort of answers all of our questions, yes. doesn't it? Um, we talked about in the last episode of the OCD how they seem they both did a good job of seeming unsure, or that they both wanted to go to both. But now this all makes sense. Going back to Summer, though, did you buy it? Like, was she Marissa level of, this is my lot in life, when she sent Zach away? Yeah, I think because she was a little more reflective than she's been the last couple episodes. Cause Zach is like, I can't abandon you. Even though he's like saying, I openly, I don't want to be here, but I can't abandon you. Cause I am a goodish guy. And she goes, I abandoned you. And he goes, Oh, good point. And just runs out. <laughs> uh, so I, I buy her that. She's like, yeah, I, I could just literally like hang out with Marissa. This is fine. Uh, it, it does help that Marissa is single yes. as well. You know, she does have like, they can go, hang out together at dances girls are a lot better at dances together than boys without girls are at dances you're just behind the locker shoving each other in the lockers (laughs) (laughs) all right my turn uh and then seth straight up tells george lucas how they flipped the coin and now we have to take a break ryan this whole episode kiki has been better she dumped all the booze she says i'm gonna be good now and sandy's like oh man maybe we don't need rehab maybe this is gonna work out it never has for anybody else but maybe for us the problem the problem with all these like trying to fix addicts is that nobody's ever saying like are you good now and then letting them say yes and then believing them but then he finds a half drunk pint of vodka in kiki's purse the size of bottles only alcoholics get to hide places (laughs) yes uh if you buy a handle of liquor for your house that means that you're a super cool party dude but if you buy something that fits in a purse that means that yeah, you I have issues you or in you're, a- you're budget conscious uh-huh. and exactly, uh yes. you're a moderate drinker um i like bottles that fit into purses or into uh like the top of <laughs> toilets always check the alcoholics toilets because i bet there's a bottle of rum on yeah, ice alcoholics in and teenagers buy those easy to hide bottles I bet Kirsten ran into so many of her kids' friends while she was getting that bottle because <laughs> it's prom night. Uh, and that's all we get from that. And then we jump back to Julie and Cal, 
my favorite crew right now. Uh, and Cal's just like waxing poetic because I guess they're all moving out of this house. Uh, that how he's never been in that pool, in this giant fucking great pool. And then he's like, we should have done this more, enjoyed each other more. Uh, and like he feels sincere, not like he's manipulating her because he knows it's a poison mark. And before he sips, uh, Julie freaks out. She's like, no, wait, stop. I didn't put lime in your drink and grabs it and runs because she's like, maybe I shouldn't kill somebody tonight. It's hard. It's hard to do. Look, I've tried, right? Like, I've tried to, like, figure out this is the person. This is my time. I'm going to poison them. And then, yeah, you just get cold feet, you know? And Like, they both do. Right. Their, their, their feet are floating in that pool. The heater's probably not turned on. Well, she's fully in the pool. She does enjoy the pool and I think has tried to enjoy Cal. Uh, I just want to end this because we, we come back for like one line. So she runs uh, in and she's like, okay, I got to make a not poison drink for him. Uh, <laughs> Shit, where's my recipe and, book? How do you make a non-poison drink? Yeah, you got to break it down to the basics. Uh, and then he has a heart attack or something. He clutches his left arm and then falls into the pool. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely at the age where TV has taught me that at any point you're going to grab your heart. And you're going to wave around a little bit, and then you're going to fall to the ground. I would expect it to happen because he like remembered yelling at Ryan once, but this <laughs> is this is not. He's not yelling at anything. Or he told the black neighbors to turn their music down, and then remembered that again. <laughs> that, so that's a joyful heart attack for him. <laughs> I told them to turn is, it down so that, good. So I only know this from TV and movies. Is yelling bad if you might have a heart attack? Like, does that work that way? Or should you like not jump around the corner and scare yeah. your grandparents? Go on, roll. I don't coasters. know. Or is it all bunk? I will. I'll take my grandparents on a roller coaster, but I will not turn around and scream okay. "boo" at them because that's, that's too much. much. That's yeah, they're gonna or have a heart attack. You on the roller coaster. So that's right. what's going on with those two. And then uh, Summer and Zach were nominated. These sophomores were nominated, nominated prom king and queen. Yet another thing that only happens on TV. You do not. Vote for no. couples. You you have two random people, uh, some boy and some girl. Together twice. <laughs> maybe, like maybe. High schools are big, and uh, of course, it is you know uh, binary gender. It's got to be a king and a queen, a boy and a girl, and they like they. Every TV show I've ever seen, it makes it uh, seem like it has to be the most popular couple in school. Your AC Slater and your Jesse Spano. Uh, and she, they're not even a couple. They haven't been for a while. So maybe the kids were like, isn't this funny? Let's make these exes go up there and dance. Well, if you want to see two high school kids bone, that's probably yeah. what they're voting for. Those are the is ones that, you want to see. Is right? that not prima nocta, but then everybody gets to watch? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and so Summer's up there alone, and the principal's just like, well, this is awkward. Where is Zach? Zach needs his crown. Uh, Unfortunately for that actor, um, we have... Uh, shit. What's his name? The ladies' man? Tim Meadows? Tim. Yes. Tim Meadows. Uh, you cannot principal at a prom Nobody better than can. Tim Meadows and Mean Girls. <laughs> yeah. That's all done. <laughs> that award has been taken. Speech. <laughs> uh, that movie's so good. Uh, so Seth runs in and echoes so many parts of their relationship. He jumps on stage and he's like, I love you, blah, blah, blah. And people are like, get the fuck off. And he goes, well, she's the queen and I love her. So that makes me the king. No, 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 no. I- I'm just a guy standing next to the queen. Maybe the jester. Uh, and I do like the crowd. It doesn't win the crowd over. When she kisses him, the crowd's like, but he's a tool. 
They, somebody in the crowd, and they do such a good job. It's not a collective boo. Everybody is quiet. So uh, different hilarious comedians can have their moment. And then when they kiss, somebody says, Seth Cohen is a tool. That guy. That guy should have been king He's of the, the prom. King. Uh, and so that's how it ends. They, they, they dance very sweetly. Mercer's like, man, my prom sucked. It's also cool to know that uh, that no matter how long Summer and Seth go out, Summer as uh, super popular and a potential prom queen, they will never accept Seth Cohen. That will that they will never be okay with the fact that Summer and, and Seth, Seth are a thing. Adult, he'll talk about it like he was super bullied and it's every the world's fault. But this is definitely uh, Liz Lemon syndrome, where it's like, no, you sucked. You made everybody else's life hell. <laughs> so many Tina Fey property references. <laughs> Uh, are you stoked for the interactive Kimmy Schmidt? No, no don't worry about it. Of course uh, I am. So flashing back to Sandy and Kiki, uh, he confronts her with a half-drank bottle of vodka, and she says, Sandy, I'm doing this my own way. And he goes, by not quitting? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but their fo- their fight gets interrupted by a phone call that we do not hear the other side of. The last time we saw Cal, he was in a pool a la Nirvana. Julie is telling Sandy that Cal died, and Kirsten just grabs a bottle of vodka and walks away wordlessly. Was it Julie? Yeah. He yeah. says Julie, because uh, that's a very different uh, conversation than like a doctor at the hospital. Julie is probably in hysterics. Um, did we talk about Julie's glass the, or Cal's drink that she brings out? Um, this is the moment of the week. I know we don't do it on this show, but um, Julie is coming out and sees Cal in the pool. Uh, you know that like when you're dating somebody that old that it's not because they wanted a full clothes <laughs> swim, but they clearly had a heart attack probably from some like uh some family listening to loud music uh screaming boo at them. And uh she drops her glass on the ground or Cal's drink on the ground, uh, and the glass lands perfectly and does not break at all, but the sound effect is this <laughs> earth shattering glass. So they break. definitely thought it would have shattered, never looked at the footage again and just put in the Foley sound. It is a wet, hot American summer moment where just no matter what gets thrown, gets a huge I glass break. I they did it on purpose as an ode. But yeah, um, Sandy then has to say, uh, your father's dead. And you can sort of see in Kirsten's eyes, right. she knows. Not because that like he was on his deathbed, but because with my luck right now, that will be the last thing I say to my father. Right. Is this still just an excuse to drink? Is she like, well, he can't get mad at me now. I don't know, bro. Do you know how The Godfather ended? Do you know the last shot the of The Godfather? The door shutting? The door shutting. I would put this up there with that. Just silently taking the vodka bottle off the counter and going to the room and probably locking it. I don't think Sandy's going to sleep in that bed tonight. And just being a like full-blown alcoholic. Everyone knows it now, but I don't care. I'm going to pound this bottle of vodka because I probably killed my father. That's how I try to end every conversation. It's just wordlessly grab a bottle of liquor and walk out of the room. <laughs> Let people think of it. It works. It works. There's no rebuttal. Uh, Ryan, that is the OC. Let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, give out some awards. Ryan, we got very serious at the end there, so let's give out some awards. Everybody is dressed very nicely tonight. What is your magical musical momentical of the week? Um, there's a couple of things here. Uh, the Bravery has a song in this episode called Honest Mistake. And I forgot about The Bravery. Yeah, this is a song that's very important to people who uh, played MVP Baseball 2005, the single greatest sports game of all time. 
um, because it was one of the twelve songs on there. And if you play it, but it's not like a high energy song. Yeah, it's a it's a weird soundtrack. Um, but I've played that game so much that I know every song by heart. And so, uh, when that song came on, I freaked out. But you, it has to be fix you. Like until next episode, I think. When you try your best, but you don't succeed. I think this will have a one episode, unfortunately, run of being the most important musical moment in the OC's history. And this song is, it starts at least when Summer and Seth are dancing, which makes you think that this is the fucking morose song the DJ picked for the king and queen to dance to. Well, nobody's dates are there. He's noticing that. Yeah, he's like, oh, people are sad. I'll, I'll play to the mood. I'm going to try to laugh it up. I know what'll fix them. <laughs> Cold play. But no, it's a, it's a, it's a very schmaltzy song. It's a lot like uh, My Heart Will Go On or uh, Good Riddance, where... Uh, it's overplayed and it's overdone and it sucks to listen to by itself. Like when it comes on the radio, you're like, what the fuck is this? But Get angry. if you were making a thing, a movie or a TV show about the time that it came out and you found a perfect way to use it, it really works. Yeah. <laughs> what is your Sandy wisdom? My Sandy wisdom uh, is when Cal comes over to berate his daughter uh, about drinking and driving past the age that she's supposed to be allowed to. He says, behave yourself. And I really like saying that to somebody because, one, you just took charge of the situation. You know, I am now the adult and you're the child. But you put them in a corner where they can't argue with it. Like, his, his reaction is like, I will not. You know, like, what are you <laughs> yeah. going to say against that? You have to behave yourself. Yeah, anything you say, Ken, will be held against you because you're acting like a fucking baby now. <laughs> Uh, mine is that he knows something is up the minute Julie's being nice. He's like, what do you need from me? Because she's like, how was your day? <laughs> and then she has never said it to him. But I would rather give Sandy wisdom to Seth when he is talking to Ryan, and he says it smarmily, but he means it. He goes, you should learn from the error of my ways. Somebody should. Mm-hmm. Like, he is reflective and goes, I keep fucking this up, don't I? And yeah, uh, we talked about this in the last episode of the OCD, but um, that Seth moment, as selfish as we could probably say it, it, uh, it was in a cynical way, there was a lot of good advice there right what is your orange couture it has to be and people who aren't from the oc uh, orange county uh don't understand but julie's pool party get up um the one where cal says that she's pulling out all the stops is basically how people dress to go out to dinner uh they go to walmart like this uh, this is how everybody dresses it's like a hawaiian flintstone smoking hot thing cheetah pattern like i do think she has like pebbles bones in her hair <laughs> yeah there's a giant uh flower coming out the side of her head which probably just creates poison yes she, she is but po- she would be a great poison ivy uh still uh mine is marissa has this weird like knit crop top multicolored thing it, it looks like somebody turned a doily into a sweater it, it's baffling uh oh yeah i don't know if it was very oc but it's very stupid. like uh like strapped a napkin onto the torso as a shirt that's a lot of Marissa's clothes. But a multicolored party city nap. It's really hard to not pick Marissa for every single episode for yeah. this award. They dress her in the dumbest yeah. shit. What is your comics connection? I mean, I don't have like a good, clever one. This is just like the amount of uh, wild storm that is coming out of my TV. The amount of times that like that word is mentioned, and it is still around. You said that uh, earlier in this episode that like it's not great anymore, which is true. It's definitely not the heyday of like the you know mid nineties. Um, yeah, nobody cares about Grifter anymore. But yeah, this is Jim Lee's company uh, that he started when he helped start Image. 
And it's weird that people at home, like that aren't comics fans, had to hear the word Wildstorm this often. The most they ever did a little. Do you do you know what it is a combination of? Which two comics that Wildstorm released right away? What? Wildcats. Uh-huh. And Stormwatch. Did I win something? Mike. Oh, it feels so good. Uh, mine is an ode. And maybe we said this once ago, long ago, but I don't remember. Uh, Caleb, who is dead, was on the secret council in Winter Soldier. <laughs> oh, my God. I've been watching the West Wing, and uh, Caleb, it, the actor who plays Caleb, is some guy who's like screaming over here on this side of the West Wing. And then Lindsay's mom is Toby's. Um, ex-wife and pregnant with his twins and they walked down a hall and passed each other and did not say what up. I freaked the fuck out. <laughs> it's only for you. <laughs> uh, what is your Atwood has got to uh, th- It doesn't say Ryan Atwood has to Ryan Atwood. So I'm going to pick I swear on mom. That is the fucking Atwood dumbest <laughs> bullshit I have ever heard. Uh, mine is refusing to believe Marissa, even though the entire world, nobody is on his side. Everybody is saying, don't believe Trey, only believe Marissa. And he's still like, I don't know. <laughs> could, Trey could be right. Don't forget about Trey. Why don't you pour another one, Kirsten? And again, we're, we're coming very close to the end of this award, but um, this does not involve... We don't witness the pouring of this liquor, but again, her taking that bottle off the counter is fucking <laughs> it's iconic. Gotta it's got to be that. Uh, and then do you have a high noon at Metabot? Yeah, we already talked about it, but it's uh, they invented a character named George Lucas because a producer is named Lucas George. Like, that's insane. That is pretty dumb. That's pretty crazy. I want to say thank you to the Holophonics. Thank you to you, my co-host. Thank you to Lucas George, producer who spun out this great character who I hope we'll see again someday on this show. And Ben Canuti. Let's mention and ben both Canuti. of the producers' names that we know. Obi-Wan Canuti. Uh, Ryan, is there a website people should Yes, make sure that you're going to yourpopfilter.com for all of your pop filter podcast and article needs. That is our home base where we operate. And you can see us waving at you. Uh, Happy, hearty, healthy hello through our words that we write about stuff. And a happy, hearty, healthy hello to you, Well, thank you. While you're there, slap on a slash Amazon on the back end if we're not on strike anymore. And that's how you should get your toilet paper. It helps us out if you go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Bookmark that. If you think that our website is so awesome or so terrible that we need help like getting extra money, uh, go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. That is the best way to support us. Pick a tier and uh, it will come out of your bank account every month and you probably won't even notice. Uh it's like five it's five dollars a month. I wanted to do five dollars a day, but Mike, you thought that people would notice that. Day, I think that might be noticed. Okay, so then we cut it down to once a month. That feels like yeah. it feels like a steal of a deal. You can't bad negotiation. Yeah, you can't pass that up. Uh, you probably already subscribed to the OCD. If you're not, you should. Please tell your friends about it. Uh, this is actually a surprisingly popular show. Everybody is ashamed that they like the OC sale, but the minute you say it out loud. People come out of the fucking woodwork to tell you how they love it, too. Uh, rate it. Review it. While you're there, why don't you check out the Superhero Hour Hour, where our friend Cassie leads Ryan and I through every single live-action comic book-based TV show every single goddamn week. And there's Movie of the Year, 
where Greg leads Ryan and I uh, through every single best movie of any given year, maybe to find the truly best friend of Greg. You may not like the OC and superhero shows and movies. Just pick two of the three. I think if everybody picks two of the three, then that's fine, right? Yeah, don't listen to all three. You're creepy if you do. Where can they get us at? They can get us at... (laughs) uh, They can get us at... uh, I'm going to try to assume what you meant by that. Uh, Contact at yourpopfilter.com is the best way to email us. If you think that Cal didn't die, maybe you think that that's still a possibility, uh, email us and tell us that. If you have an OC reunion spec script that you would like us to review, holy shit, email us that and we will definitely do it. Contact at yourpopfilter.com. If you don't want to send an email and you want the world to see your spec script, just tweet us in a long tweet thread at yourpopfilter or on Instagram at yourpopfilter. Ryan, next week is the season finale of season two of The O.C., do you want to hear the details? I guess, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess. I'm probably going to vomit excitement in tears, but go ahead. Next week on the OCD, Kirsten hits rock bottom after Cal's funeral, prompting Sandy to finally take action by staging an intervention. Meanwhile, Jimmy Cooper what? returns to Newport and almost immediately renews ties with a morning Julie because he's a creep. But Haley also returns to town because remember, Cal's her dad too. I forgot. Trey's girlfriend slash partner in crime just bullies him into participating in a drug deal that turns into a shootout. Also, Ryan finally learns the truth about what happened between Trey and Marissa, leading to a bloody what you say. All that and more on next week's The OCD. Until then, stay gay, dads, and get me those Green Lantern JPEGs. Latro! California! California.